Thank you so much. It's indeed an honor and a privilege as usual to stand here to open God's Word. And before I get into the sermon this morning, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who expressed their condolences on, you know, with my father passing. Uh, we have his funeral coming up in Jamaica um, a week from Friday. Please keep my family in your prayers as we head for the funeral. You know, I've discovered something about grief. There's really no blueprint. And there are no shortcuts. You literally just have to go through grief. And so we're in a time of grief right now, but if we give God thanks that we have friends who come alongside us, who can pray, who can support, who can call, text, and email to make sure we're okay. Because, friends, the truth is, sooner or later, it's going to be your turn. It's going to be my turn again. It's all part of life, but how we prepare and how we go through the process is critically important in all our lives. I also want to ask you to continue to pray for our friends in the Ukraine. That is really a bad situation, friends. Last time I was in the Ukraine was in 2015. I was there with Franklin Graham and the team. And if you want to see a couple of videos, go online, go on YouTube, or go on to my Facebook page. We have a few videos from the time we're there. I think we had 100 in the orchestra and close to 3,000 in the choir. And right now, all those people are scattered. Some are staying to fight, others are running for their lives. And it's difficult when you have your friends fighting. You know, I have friends in Russia. And I mean, they are not in agreement with what's going on. So all we can do is pray and ask God to intervene. Amen. And I'm going to just trust each person here as we ask God to intervene in a very unfortunate situation. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you that you are here with us. God, on this Palm Sunday, as we pause to reflect and to remember, Jesus heading to Jerusalem. Father God, Jesus riding on the donkey to begin the process, God, where he'd go to the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And God, we do not take this lightly. And God, while we are free here this morning to worship and to praise you, we know our friends, Father God, in Ukraine cannot do the same thing this morning. So God, we're going to ask you to intervene in a mighty, a profound, and a powerful way. Lord, all we can do is pray. Well, God, we thank you that, God, there's power in prayer and there's power when believers come together in unity to pray for divine intervention. So I ask you right now, Lord, to continue to intervene and to do something, Father God, that only you and you alone can do. And we give you thanks and praise, glory and honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You know, a couple months ago I was driving and coming in the opposite direction with another motorist and they flashed their lights at me. Now, whenever you are driving in daylight and someone flashes their lights at you, that is a sign. What does that mean? The wonderful police officers are just up the street waiting to help to lighten your wallet. So when I see the flashing lights, I immediately hit my brakes and I drive up a little bit. And lo and behold, here's our wonderful police officer friends right here waiting to give me a ticket. Now, I must share a funny story. Speaking of speeding tickets, you know I'm from Jamaica, okay? 
I have been known to have a heavy foot. Just be honest. Full confession. So when I was in college, I used to play for Willow Creek Community Church. One morning, I was late for orchestra rehearsal. And I must admit, my foot was a little bit heavy. Now, no one flashed their lights at me. No one gave me a sign that our wonderful friends were waiting for me. All of a sudden, I looked in my rearview mirror and I saw a sign. The flashing blue lights. I knew I was in trouble. I was caught. And the wonderful officer, he pulled me over. He asked my license and insurance. You know what police officers ask for? So I gave it to him, and then the most amazing thing happened. He looked at my license, and then he said to me, I really enjoy your music. And I'm like, oh, really? Oh, that's wonderful. And I'm saying, what am I going to hear, though? And he gave me a warning and let me go. So to that wonderful police officer, if you're here, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and, you know, I must be honest, friends, I have so, a lot of friends who are police officers, and they do a fantastic job. Yeah, we know we have some bad guys here and there, yeah. But for the most part, we are grateful to God for the wonderful police officers keeping us safe. Now, why was I pulled over? Because I ignored the sign. What did this sign say? 45 miles per hour. What was I doing? Well, we won't talk about what I was doing, okay? <laughs> so, the police officer was right in pulling me over. And friends, signs are very, very important in all our lives. Now, I'm going to show you a sign if we have the sign. Um, um, go to the next sign. Yeah, no. In Jamaica, we normally have this sign. Who knows what the sign means? It means a speed bump. So many times my friends from America get to Jamaica and they see the sign. They say, okay, sleeping policeman, what's that? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> That's what that is. You see, friends, signs are there to keep all of us safe. You know, many times you're traveling, you're on a long trip, and you're getting tired. You're getting fatigued. And all of a sudden, you start seeing signs for where you're going, and immediately you perk up. Why? Because the signs are there to encourage us, to keep us safe, and to protect us. Now, today we are celebrating Palm Sunday. The first Palm Sunday was a sign. Mark mentioned coming up on Friday, we have Good Friday. Good Friday was also another sign. Next week Sunday, we celebrate Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday. That is also another sign. Now, Jesus tells us he is returning again. And no one knows when Jesus is returning. But Jesus said to us, look for the signs. Signs are so important that Jesus reprimanded the religious leaders for their failure to recognize the signs. Let us go to Luke chapter 12, verses 54 to 56. Luke chapter 12, verses 54 to 56. He said to the crowd, When you see a cloud rising in the west, Immediately you say, it's going to rain. And it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot. And it is. Hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. 
How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Ouch! That is a tough verse to read. This is a sobering verse where Jesus is calling people out. It's a verse of chastisement, disappointment. Jesus uses the word hypocrites. The word hypocrite comes from the Greek word hypocritesi, which means actor or stage presenter. Somebody who's pretending to be something that they're not. And Jesus is saying to all of us, do not be a hypocrite. If you are a true believer, you need to know the signs. Do you know the signs this morning? Do you understand the signs? And do you know what to do about the signs? In First Chronicles, we are introduced to a very special family. The Issachar family. And they had two traits that made them stand out. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. From Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Wow. That's interesting. They understood the times they were living in and they knew exactly what the nation should do. You know, I've said this many times and it's worth repeating. There is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing the right thing to do. Wisdom is doing it. Let me repeat that. Knowledge is knowing the right thing to do. Wisdom is doing it. Everybody, say it with me. Knowledge is knowing the right thing to do. Wisdom is doing it. Friends, we are in a time period where we have lots of knowledge. But wisdom means we are going to apply knowledge. And Jesus is saying to us, do you see the signs? And do you know what to do about the signs? And you might be saying to me this morning, Huntley, you keep talking about signs. What signs are you talking about? Well, friends, I am going to give you a few signs that we can look at. America is $30 trillion in debt. Let me repeat that. The nation is $30 trillion and counting dollars in debt. What does that mean? We're on the path to bankruptcy. Just a matter of time. Marijuana is now legal in the nation. Euthanasia is legal in many states. The church has lost thousands of members and many churches are closing. We are being told that all roads lead to heaven. That's the gospel of inclusion or universalism. We're being told that no one knows when life begins, so a woman can abort her baby at any time. We have preachers preaching that Jesus did not rise from the dead. We also have preachers preaching that there is no hell. Sin is no longer sin. Sin is now embraced and brought into the church. Male and female are now defined by feelings and not biological markers. Cancer culture has taken over. These are just a few of the signs. What do they tell you? They tell me we are in serious trouble. 
and we must pray. You know, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, we have these words. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. What is the writer telling us? He, when he says, mark this, he's saying, make a note of what I am about to tell you. He said, there are going to be terrible times in the last days. Now listen to verse 2 to 5. 2 Timothy 3, verses 2 to 5. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Have nothing to do with such people. Friends, that's an exhaustive list. And those signs are all around us today. The signs are telling me that the world is deceived and many people have fallen for the deception. Now, you know, friends, before Jesus went to the cross, the disciples asked for a sign. They said, Jesus, give us a sign of your return. Let's look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. Matthew 24, verse 3 says, As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Verse 4, Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you. I find it very interesting that Jesus starts there. He says, Be very careful that no one deceives you. Deception is a scary word. Friends, you know it is so scary I wrote a book on the subject. The book is called Keys to Avoiding Deception, Keys for Living. Now, friends, I'll be honest, and I've said this before, not too many things scare me. You know, you, you know I have a black belt in the martial arts. Most of you know that. So not too many things scare me. But this word scares me. Imagine living your entire life believing something, and on the most important day in your life, the day you meet Jesus, you discover you were wrong. Friends, there is no room for error on some questions. And people ask the question all the time, what is deception? The Huntley Brown definition of deception is this. Believing you, are, believing you are right when you are wrong and you do not know it. Let me say that once more. Deception is believing you are right when you are wrong and you do not know it. And Jesus implores us. He's begging us. Guard against deception. And that is the first thing he said to disciples about his second coming. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, I was in a tough neighborhood in Chicago. And um, the vandals decided to do something not funny. You're driving on this one-way street. And guess what they did? They took the one-way sign and turned it the opposite direction. So if you're driving in that neighborhood without having any idea, you immediately get deceived. Why? Because someone purposely decided to try to deceive people. Turn inside the opposite direction. 
And Jesus is saying to us, guard against deception. Jesus continues in Matthew 24, verse 4 to 11. says this, For many will come in my name claiming I'm the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars, Ukraine, and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pain. Birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Friends, Jesus is saying to all of us, I do not want you to be surprised. Do not be alarmed. I am going to give you inside information so when these things start to happen, you know, when these things start happening, you know exactly what is going on. False messiahs, wars, earthquakes, and famines. And Jesus is saying, do not be alarmed. Now I've had friends say to me, but Huntley, these things you're talking about, they've been happening for years. We have had famines. We have had wars. We have people not obeying their parents. So what's different this time? And Jesus answers this question. Listen to Matthew chapter 24, verses 37 to 39. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Friends, the people were looking at disaster and had no clue. Noah knew what was going on. And Jesus is saying to us, you should know what is going on. When you see what's taking place in society, cancer culture and the list goes on, Jesus is saying to all of us, do not worry, I, I've told you ahead of time. So you should not be surprised. So what is keeping Jesus from returning? Matthew 24, verse 14 answers this question. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Jesus is saying, here's a sign. Whenever you see the gospel get into all the nations, pay close attention. And friends, the good news is the gospel is getting out. The gospel is getting to all nations. You know, many years ago, I was in China. I have to be very careful what do I say. Um, but I was in China, and I played in an underground church, which meant if we had gotten caught, I would have started a prison ministry in China. And I didn't want to start a prison ministry in China, so you know, I, I was happy to get in and get out. But I discovered the gospel is being spread globally, China, Pakistan, India, you name the country, in many ways without many people knowing. And Jesus is saying to us, when you see these things start happening, look up. Jesus also gives us more signs. 
Luke chapter 21, verse 25 to 28 says this. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Friends, I do not know how you are processing all of this. But I'm looking and the signs tell me Jesus is returning soon. Now, I have friends who are praying who are saying, come Lord Jesus, return right now. That's not me. I'll be honest. Let me, let me just be honest, friends, this morning. I am not praying that prayer. I am not asking Jesus to come back right now. No, not me. And I'm going to tell you why. Do we understand what we're talking about? How many unsaved friends do you have? Do you have anyone in your family that does not know Jesus? And if Jesus returns right now, they are going into a Christless eternity. Friends, I'm telling you, I love my friends so much. I'm saying, God, please, delay as long as possible. Give us wisdom to get into the trenches, to get the word out as quickly as possible. Now, we know we have no control of when Jesus is going to return. We understand that. But friends, it's time to get busy. Friends, if there's a time in our lives we've got to get the gospel out, it's now. Remember, God is going to hold all of us accountable, not just for ourselves, but in our inability to get the gospel to others. How many people have you told about Jesus lately? How many friends have you called to share Christ with? You know, next week Sunday is Easter Sunday. We have a Resurrection Sunday. I want to challenge each person here. Invite one person next week. Can you invite one person next week? Invite one person next week. We're going to have a clear-cut gospel presentation. And if you guys pack out the place, I might even sing. Why are you guys laughing? Did my wife tell her don't let him sing? Yeah, I might even sing next week. But here's the reason I'm saying this, friends. We are living in such serious times. We need to get the gospel out by every means necessary. You might say, well, I'm not a preacher. Don't worry. You, I'm a preacher. Bring them here and I'll spread the gospel. You just have to bring them here and encourage them. So Jesus is saying to all of us, guys, look at the signs. Things are getting ready to wrap up. Now, in Israel, there's a Jewish rabbi. I cannot pronounce his name right, but I'll try. It's called um, Chaim Kavinsky. Now, he died a few months ago. And at his funeral, I think they had close to one million people. If you have a picture, you can put the picture up. Um, the report said he had close to one million people in Israel for this rabbi's funeral. Now, before he died, he told all his followers, listen to what he said, based on the signs, the Messiah will be here very soon. Now, friends, look at this headline in the Jewish newspaper, Israel Today. Look at the headline. Top rabbis, look at the signs. Messiah is coming. In Israel, they are looking for the Messiah to appear. For us as Christians, we're looking for the Messiah to reappear. But we are all saying the same thing. 
There's a rabbi by the name of um, Amar, I think his name is. Listen to what he says in this article. All the great rabbis of this generation are saying that the Messiah is about to reveal himself. All the signs the prophet gave, all the signs predicted in the Gemara, Mishnah, Midrash, everything is taking place one by one. All we need is to remain strong for a little bit longer. And friends, what this rabbi is saying is similar to what Jesus told us in Luke chapter 12, verses 35 to 36 and verse 40. Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. You also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Now friends, this morning my responsibility is simply to issue the warning to say, friends, the signs are all around us. Jesus is coming soon. Now there's a movie that came out um, a couple of years ago, and there's a famous scene in this movie, it's about a 30 second clip I'd like to share. And what you're going to see, an elderly couple, you won't see the elderly couple, but they were waving, waving, you know, almost going crazy, trying to stop the motorist from driving any further. And the motorist finally stopped. And when they stopped, here's what they came, up, came across. Friends, a little couple issuing the warning had no idea who was driving in the opposite direction. Just like the people who flashed their lights at me in the beginning, they had no idea who was coming in the opposite direction. But out of the goodness of their heart, they're saying, you know what? I have to issue a warning. Road out. There's a problem. And save their lives. In closing this morning, with all the signs around us, and with many people marching right over the cliff into a Christless eternity. What can we all do? I'd like to make three suggestions and then we can close this morning. Suggestion number one. Do business with God. Do not let today end without you having an honest conversation with God about all the signs that are around us. And ask God to give you wisdom what to do about the signs. You leave church today by yourself. Remember, with God, there's no family plan. God is not going to call myself and my wife and our kids to stand before him. It's going to be each person by themselves. So today, do business with God. Suggestion number two. Take some time to question your beliefs. When was the last time you questioned your belief? You question what you believe. I mean, when was the last time you took an honest introspective look at what you believe I believe we should do that today and ask the question suggestion number three what if I am wrong what if you're wrong what if I'm wrong that is the question I wrestled with for years Huntley Brown what if you're wrong you see friends there are issues you can get wrong not 
this one? The stakes are just too high. So friends, in closing, God is saying to all of us, it's time to do business with him. It's time to get the word out. Jesus is returning soon. And this Palm Sunday that started years ago was just the beginning of Jesus going to pay the penalty for our sins. Now, the decision is going to be up to us what we do with Jesus. Shall we pray? Father, I thank you that you're here. Thank you, Father God, that you are good, that you're great, that you're wonderful, that you're mighty. Thank you, Father, that you never change. And thank you, Father God, that you let us know that no matter what we're going through, we can trust you, we can lean on you, because you promised to be with us. Now, Father, the signs are all around us, telling us, God, that Jesus is returning again. Help us, God, to take this seriously, Lord, and help us to do what we need to do to make sure not only we are going to heaven, but our friends, God, can join us as well. I will give you thanks and praise for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.